Chapter 21, Gregor the Overlander. Gregor looked at the spider in shock. In its final moments, it had rolled onto its back and curled up its legs. Blue liquid seeped out of a wound in its belly, straining the, sto straining the stone floor. So we're all here, said Gregor softly. What do you mean? asked Henry. Gregor pulled the prophecy from his pocket. Sandwich was right. We're all here together. At least we were for a few seconds, he read aloud. Two over, two under, of royal descent. Two flyers, two crawlers, two spinners ascent. One gnar beside and one lost up ahead. He couldn't bring himself to say the last, say the next line, but Rypred could. And eight will be left when we count up the dead. Well, one down and three to go, said Rypred, poking Spider with the end of his tail. Stop it, said Gregor. Oh, what? We can't pretend that any of us was very attached to this spinner. We don't even know its name, except maybe you, Rypred said to the orange spider. Truflax, said the orange spider. I am, she called, Gox. Well, Gox, I suppose you're hungry after your journey, but our food is limited. None of us will think less of you if you'd like to dine on Truflax, said Rypred. Gox immediately began to pump juice into Truflax. She's not going to. Oh, man, said Gregor. Spiders are neither squeamish nor sentimental, said Rypred. Thank goodness for that. Gregor turned away so that neither he nor Boots had to watch the cannibalism. He was glad to see that Henry and Luxa looked a little green, too. Look, if anything happens to me or Boots, don't let that spinner drink us. Toss us off the cliff in a river, anything, okay, he said. They both nodded. You will return the same favor for us, said Luxa wanly. And our bats? And tick and temp, too, I promise, said Gregor. He could hear the slow-sucking sounds as Gox drained Truffle's body. Geez, he added. Fortunately, it didn't take Gox long to eat. Rypred began to grill her about the rat attack. She told him an entire army, several hundred rats at least, had invaded the land of the spiders. The spiders had held them off, but many had died on both sides before the rats had finally retreated. Vicus had come by after the carnage and had sent Gox and Treflex on his bat to the tunnel entrance. Why, asked Gox, why do the Nars kill us? I don't know. It may be that King Gorger has launched a total underland attack, or maybe... He may be, may be that they caught wind of two overlanders heading toward our land. Did they mention the warrior of the prophecy of Grey? asked Rypren. There were no words, only death, said Gox. It's quite fortunate you found us. It would have taken much time to free spinners, two spinners from Greg, King Gorker's prisons unnoticed, and we have no time to waste, said Rypren to Gox. He turned to Gregor. This attack on the spinners does not bode well for your father. Why? What? Why not? asked Gregor, feeling his insides go icy. Vicus has done a remarkable job of concealing you. No rat save me has seen you and lived to tell of it. The rats do not know that the warrior has arrived. But the fact that the humans have brought overlanders to the spinner will make them suspicious, said Rypred. The wheels seem to be visibly turning in his head. Still, there is much confusion and war, and no rat has identified you. We move on. No one argued. They packed up and headed out of the far side of the cavern into a drier, roomier tunnel. Aurora and Ares were able to fly now although the space was dangerous for riders. We shall go on foot, Luxa told Aurora. Even if you carry the rest of us, what will be done with an R? So the bats took to the air with the remaining packs. Gregor watched them endlessly. Lucky I'm not a bat. I might just fly out of here and not look back. Aurora and Ares would never do that. They were bonded to myself and Henry, said Luxa. How does that work exactly, asked Gregor. When a bat and a human bond, they swear to fight to the death for each other, said Luxa. Aurora would never leave me in danger, nor I her. Does everyone have a bat? Asked Gregor, thinking it would be nice to know somebody was going to hang around and defend you in this place. Oh no, some never find a bat to bond with. I 
became one with Aurora when I was quite young, but this is not common, said Luxa. How come you bonded so early, asked Gregor. After my parents were killed, I went through a time when I never felt safe on the ground. I spent all my waking hours in the air in Aurora. It is why we fly so well together, said, she said simply. Vicus convinced the council to allow us to bond early. After that, I was not so afraid. Are you afraid now, Gregor? Asked. At times, she admitted, but it's no worse than if I were in regalia. You see, I tired of constant fear, so I made a decision. Every day when I wake, I tell myself that it will be my last. If you are not trying to hold on to time, you are not so afraid of losing it. Gregor thought this was the single saddest thing anyone had ever said to him. He couldn't answer. And then if you make it to bedtime, you feel the joy of cheating death out of one more day, she said. Do you see? I think so, said Gregor numbly. An awful thought struck him. Wasn't Lux's strategy just an extreme form of his own rule? True, he didn't think about dying every day, but he denied himself the luxury of thinking about the future with or without his dad. If he hadn't fallen through the grate in the laundry room and discovered his dad was still alive, if his dad had never come home, how long would it have gone on refusing to be happy? His whole life? Maybe, he thought. Maybe my whole life, Gregor hurried on with this conversation. So how do you actually bond with a bat, he asked Luxa. It is a simple ceremony. Many bats and humans gather. You stand face to face with your bat and say a vow. Like so, said Luxa, extending her hand and reciting a poem. Aurora the flyer, I bond to you. Our life and death are one, we two. In dark and flame, in war and strife, I save you as I save my life. And then your bat recites it back, but using your name, then there is a feast, concluded Luxa. So what happens if one of you breaks the vow? Like if Aurora flew off and left you in danger, asked Gregor. Aurora would not, but in a few vows have been broken. The punishment is severe. The one at fault is banished to live alone in the underland, said Luxa, and no one lives long in the underland alone. Fascinating as your native rituals are, do you think we might proceed in silence? Given that the entire rat nation is on the lookout for us, it might be prudent, said Ryfred. Luxa and Gregor, shut up. Gregor wished they could talk more. Luxa acted differently when she wasn't with Henry. Friendlier, less arrogant, but Ryfred was right about the noise. Fortunately, Boots dozed off. For several hours, all they heard were the light tap of their footsteps and the scraping sound of Ryfred's teeth on a bone he'd saved from lunch. Gregor felt consumed with new worries about his dad. From what Ryfred had said, it seemed like the rats might kill him to keep Gregor from reaching him. But why? That wouldn't change the prophecy, would it? He guessed no one really knew. And what about that last stanza? He enrolled the prophecy and read it so many times, he memorized it without trying. The last who will die must decide where he stands. The fate of the eight is contained in his hands. So bid him take care. Bid him look where he leaps. As life may be death and death life again reaps. He couldn't make heads or tails of it. All he could figure out was that whoever died fourth had a pretty big responsibility to the eight who were still living. But how? What? Where? When? The final stanza of the Prophecy of Grey left out all the details that would have made it useful. Riperide kept moving until everyone was stumbling with fatigue. He gave the order to stop in a cavern, then at least had a dry floor and a spring with a drinkable water. Gregor and Luxa passed around their dwindling food, which was disappearing much faster than he had anticipated. He tried to object when the roaches gave their food to Boots, thinking he should share his own. Let them feed her, said Ripred. A crawler can live a month with no food if it has water. And don't bother feeding Gox. Triflex will hold her for longer than our journey will last. The cavern was cold. Gregor stripped off Boots' damp clothes and put on a fresh set. Something was wrong with her. She seemed too quiet, and her skin was clammy and cold. He curled up under the blanket with her, trying to warm her up. What would he do if she got sick? They needed to 
be home with his mom, who always knew just the combination of juice and medicine and pillows to make it all right. He tried to console himself with the idea that his dad could help when they found him. Everyone was so tired from their trek that they fell asleep immediately. Something woke Gregor from a heavy sleep, a sound, a movement. He wasn't sure. All he knew was that when he opened his eyes, Henry was standing over Ripright, ready to plunge his sword into the sleeping rat's back.